And welcome back to the Learning to Sit Still podcast. I want to thank you for taking time out of your day to listen. And if this is your first time joining me, welcome. I am so glad you could be here today. Be sure to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And if you enjoy this episode, would you share it with a friend? You can follow me on Facebook and Instagram where I share short devotionals as well as videos to encourage you in your walk with the Lord. If you're looking for some good resources for deepening your faith, just visit sitstillmadara.com where you will find blog posts, free Bible reading plans, and other helpful information. Be sure to sign up to receive the monthly newsletter called A Quiet Time Moment where I share a special devotional as well as some recommendations for tools and tips that you can use in your quiet time. There's also a contact page on my website where you can submit questions or prayer requests. I would love to pray for you and help in any way I can. All of those links will be found in the show notes, so be sure to take a peek after the episode. Are you ready for the answer to the Bible trivia question I asked you last week? Who had bodyguards that could throw and shoot with either hand? The answer is David and found in 1 Chronicles 11 verses 1 and 2. Our question for next week is who was eager to run and deliver a message? And remember, I will have the answer for you on the next episode. When you think of the book of Philippians, the word joy comes to mind, and it is a major theme so much so that it has been nicknamed the Epistle of Joy. But as I made my journey through this compact book of four chapters, there were so many more truths and thoughts to contemplate. So I thought I would share a few of them today. One of the first things that grabbed my attention was from verses 3 and 4. Familiar verses to many. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, for all making request with joy. The word thank means give thanks, express gratitude, and the word remembrance means recollection. So every time Paul remembered them, he expressed gratitude to them, lifting them up in prayer. This is a great reminder that we should be thankful for those God has placed in our life and always be praying for them. But this made me think of something else. When people do think of us, what do they remember? Are they good memories? Is our life one of blessing to those around us? We should live in such a way that when people think about us, it brings a smile to their face. I have been so blessed with some amazing people whose very mention of their names brings joy. They are just so wonderful and every memory of them is sweet and pleasant. I want to be that kind of person, one who is a blessing in both word and deed. And I want to be a praying friend who lifts each one before the Lord with joy. Next, let's read verse 9 of chapter 1. And this I pray that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment. One of Paul's prayer requests was for the Philippians to have an increase of love. We don't have the ability to love on our own. We have it through God. He is the source of real love. Enduring Word Commentary said that we should have a love that pours out of us like a river, but in order for it to continue to flow, it has to be fed by rain and little streams. Can I ask how we are feeding our river of love. If we don't spend time in God's word, our river will run dry. We will have nothing to give others and may even find ourselves becoming harsh and lacking compassion. The words may abound 
mean to superabound, increase, to exceed a fixed number of measure. But Paul links this to two things. In knowledge, which means full discernment, precise and correct knowledge, and in judgment or perception, discernment, moral discernment in ethical matters. Love is meant to be poured out, just like God's. But it has many forms. Love does not just mean expressing how much you delight in someone or you would do anything for them. It also has boundaries and does the difficult or uncomfortable. A loving parent gives their child rules to follow and when they are broken, there are consequences. When my mom disciplined me for something that I did, it was because she loved me. She knew that this bad behavior would lead to more problems if not corrected now. Proverbs tells us faithful are the wounds of a friend. This means that a good friend is willing to speak the truth, to point out something that is not right in our life because they love us. God, as our Heavenly Father, will also correct us when we are wrong. He has an everlasting love for us, but that does not mean He gives us everything we want. In order to love correctly, we need knowledge, and judgment, which is why Paul prayed for the Philippians to have love that is increased, but with these two elements included. I pray that we would desire to increase our love, that we would pour forth like a river, but that it would be paired with knowledge and judgment. I pray that we also would be vigilant about what we pour into our river and make it a priority to have our quiet time with the one who supplies us with the love we need to make a difference in the lives of others. Chapter 2, verse 3, is where we will find our next thought. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem other better than themselves. We know that unity is a pleasant thing, but it has enemies both within and without. A lack of unity can have devastating effects. The word strife means contention, but also party strife, rivalry, a desire to put one's self forward. Pay attention to that last one. At the center of strife are two people who refuse to yield their rights. They are determined to make their point and hold fast no matter the cost. In other words, pride has made an appearance and refuses to exit the stage. The word vainglory means self-conceit or empty glory. Both of these things will cause problems within the church or in any relationship. But Paul has a remedy. Esteem others better than yourself in lowliness of mind. The phrase lowliness of mind carries the idea of humbleness of mind, modesty, having a humble opinion of oneself. Consider how much strife would be avoided if we just implemented that mindset into our interactions with others. Christians should have a behavior that is marked with modesty, with an attitude that considers others before themselves. The word esteem means to consider, to think, and the word better means to hold oneself above. So we are to consider others before us, to hold them up, to let them be first. The Christian life is not a competition, but a collaboration. Yet how often do we behave in such a way? Just like the body works together to get us through each day, the church should function together to accomplish all that God wants us to do, to reach the lost, to disciple others, and encourage each other in our heavenly walk. Our biggest hindrance is ourselves when we let our flesh rise up and take over. May we be women who have a humble opinion of ourselves and seek to lift others 
Another thought I have from chapter 2 is found in verse 14. Again, it is a familiar verse to many. Do all things without murmurings and disputings. We have heard this verse quoted throughout our lives, but especially it was emphasized in our youth. The word murmurings is interesting. It means grumbling, muttering, as well as a secret displeasure, not openly avowed. That last part is what grabbed my attention. A secret is something that we keep inside. But just because it is inside does not mean it has no outward effect. For instance, if we are displeased with someone, how they handle something or what they said, we may not say it out loud, but it can still influence our countenance when they are near us or even our behavior toward them. This is why Paul warns us against this. Don't hold on to things that made you mad or you didn't like because it will impact your actions and interactions with others. It can also hinder you in your walk with the Lord when left to fester long enough. If you were hurt by someone, it is best to tell them about it. Maybe they didn't mean it the way it sounded. To hold on to something will only hurt you in the long run. I am not responsible for others' actions, but I will be held accountable to how I respond. Now, let's move into chapter 3, verse 17. Brethren, be followers together of me, and mark them which walk so as ye have us for an example. The phrase followers together means a co-imitator, and it is the only time this word is used in the New Testament. Imitation, they say, is the highest form of flattery. Can we say, like Paul, that our lives are in such pursuit of Christ's likeness that we could invite others to imitate us, that is a powerful and convicting thought at the same time. We must remember that our lives are not lived for ourselves, but for others in every area. What we do matters because people are always watching, even when we're not aware of it. Our whole lifestyle should reflect Christ. The word mark means to regard, observe, direct one's attention to, to fix one's eyes upon. This is a serious responsibility, one that should really make us stop and think about our choices. Our purpose in life is not to build bigger barns, to be the most successful or have the largest house. Our purpose is to go into all the world, to spread the good news of salvation, to disciple others, to edify one another. In essence, it really boils down to others. Our life is to be lived and spent for others. That is what Paul did. He invested his days in furthering the gospel and encouraging others to pursue Christ. I pray that this is the desire of each of our hearts. And with that, we will end today's episode. Have a wonderful day, my friends. Let's purpose in our hearts to be women who dwell in the quiet place so that we can continue to grow in our walk with the Lord and influence others. Thank you.